said it would take two things to derail you killed it. The first is if one of us got a highly transmissible virus. The other would be the total telecommunication failures of our country, Canada. So I have COVID and uh, most of Canada did not have internet for two days, including yeah. both of us, but yeah. we're back. I'm John Chidley Hill. Back like, I was going to say, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I was about to say something so ridiculous. Already the first words out of my mouth, which tells me that we are back on You Killed It because I am just talking bleepery already. Um, but yeah, as John said, we were supposed to record a couple of days ago and I woke up in the morning to to watch the episode of the challenge and nothing worked. <laughs> and I'm in the middle of this like uh, work, crazy basketball tournament thing that's going on. So I'm sitting there for a bit in the morning, just kind of twiddling my thumbs thinking, oh, let me try turning it off and turning it back on. <laughs> Did that for about 10 minutes and then just gave up and said, oh, well, I guess obviously it should work when I get to work. Nope, that didn't happen either. So yeah, here we are days late, but hey, we are here. The people wanted it. The people will get it. The Challenge mm. USA. I'm wearing my Canada hoodie just so you know what I'm really repping here. I should have worn some Canada gear. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I was just wearing this. Like, this is just a total fluke. And when we set out to do it, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll make it into a bit. Uh, here we are. Here we are. You killed it, peeps. How you doing? Uh, I mean, this you killed it, peeps, is sick. But otherwise, good. I, uh, we should explain why we didn't do the challenge All-Stars 3, which is too bad because friend of the show, spoiler alert, Wes was the male winner. Oh, really? Um, I didn't even know that. You just spoil what the, what's with the spoilers? Maybe I wanted to go I, back and watch it. I literally just said spoiler alert. Yeah, but that's not how this works. You can't do a spoiler a alert. No, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> Jeez. The reason why I didn't tell you who the female winner was, so there's well, still you might as well now. Sure. It's <laughs> the reason why we didn't recap it is because it's not available in Canada mm -hmm. through legal methods. Mm -hmm. For us to do a weekly recap, we would be at the mercy of another sort of site posting it. And like, hopefully they'd have good quality. And like, not that we do that, but the site that we use for that does post good quality stuff, but like it's inconsistent in its timing. Yeah. Oh, it was just like, it was sort of too big a task, but we are back. Not that we have really left for the Challenge USA. Yeah, lots to discuss too, this Challenge USA stuff. We've obviously been talking about how this was going to be a thing for a very long time. We discussed about how the, 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 the seeds were there. The seeds were being planted all along for the, I don't remember what the term is that I always used to use, the CBSing of the challenge. Was that it? Yeah. The mainstreaming of yeah. the challenge. And here we are. And I got to be honest with you. So I was mad about this, right? Because I love the challenge. Clearly, we dedicate ourselves to doing an hour-long podcast about the show. So clearly, I love the show. But I love the MTV version of the show. And just yeah. the thought of it being on CBS and the watered-down version and how they were watering it down, I was getting mad at. Yeah. But I'll say this. Watching the early part of this episode, 
I was like, oh, I totally understand how this got pushed through. I totally understand mm-hmm. the elevator pitch of I how this worked. Too. And because like, you know, without getting too deep into things, like some of the things I've been working on lately involves, you know, having some uh, interesting conversations, we'll say, right? With like people who aren't on the production side, I'll say, right? And so what ends up happening is that you look at it and you think, oh, wait a second. I totally understand this language. The elevator pitch for this is simply, oh, the challenge is a brand that works on MTV. The challenge is a show in which takes people from all these smaller shows on MTV and migrates them into one big show. So if you just take that same format, put it on CBS, take the bigger CBS shows and migrate all those people onto the challenge on CBS. That sounds like it should work. That looks like a very easy one plus one equals two. So instead of taking, you know, you have the challenge on MTV and you're getting people from the real world, you're getting people from Are You the One, you're getting people from, you know, and you're funneling them into it. Well, instead, you're doing that, but with the banger shows in terms of rating, ratings, right? Survivor, Big Brother, Amazing Race, and you're putting them into the challenge brand. Um, I was so focused on the fact that, wait, but I love the challenge and you're just ruining the challenge but they're trying to make this into a new show. It's almost like the old school. Remember when we were kids are like battle of the network stars type thing. Yeah, Like those kind of vibes. Yeah. And they're taking the big brother people. So I'm watching this. I know maybe five people on this cast, maybe, but you don't know any, I know one. Okay. So I know, I know like a couple people. Cause I actually watched that season of love Island, which we'll mm. get to, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of was like, okay, I see exactly how this happened. And so that led me to giving it more of a chance than I thought I would have going in. I was prepared to be like, nah, okay, yeah, let's do this. I'm just going to crush this the whole time. But I, I was like, no, I get it. I get the elevator pitch. Let's go. I had a similar thought early on in the episode during the daily. And like, we will get to recapping it. But like, whereas like, man, you know, I forgot like how like big budget the challenge is. Like it's an expensive show to make. That's what, one of the reasons why they're always in developing countries because it makes it cheaper, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and I thought to myself, you know what? It is kind of ridiculous that they had this big budget expense and like with respect to MTV, kept it on a niche channel. like this show is more expensive to make than big brother yeah and yet it only airs once per week which means only one set of commercials that you're selling unlike big brother where you're selling commercials three times a week sometimes four times a week and on like a channel that not everyone gets right like i was like i understand why they moved it but there's a lot of things I don't understand about what they're doing. First of all, I didn't appreciate this, but Big Brother also started the same night. I watched them back to back. So it was three hours of reality TV on CBS, 90 minutes of the very first episode of Big Brother, which is live, and then 90 minutes of the challenge. Yeah. And like, I'm not smart enough about TV to know if that's a good juxtaposition or not. Like, 
I assume that they're hoping that people watch Big Brother and then stick around to see old favorites. Mm -hmm. That said, it's weird to have a show, in my mind, start at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. That's PG. Yeah. And not even PG-13. PG. Like, to me, that's a strange choice to make. Right? Like take advantage of your time slot. And I'm not saying like it has to be like as, as adult as older versions of the challenge or as adult as like MTV, Mm -hmm. but like it, it can be a little bit better than like a little more adult. Yeah. 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 No, I I get what you're saying. I just think like solely like from the, the TV behind the scenes standpoint, you touched on this. It's just Mm -hmm. about being on after deleted. Yeah. Right. And there, and that's all it's about. So you're totally right. It would be better served being on at eight o'clock on a different night, but all they want to do is have that come on after an episode of big brother. So you're getting all the people who are sitting there watching big brother to watch the challenge after that's all it's about. The other thing, there's a few other things that I found notable. First of all, you were talking about elevator pitches and like I have sold many a person (laughs) on how great the challenge is over the past decade, Uh right? And when I give my elevator pitch about what makes the challenge, almost always the very first thing I say that makes the challenge distinct and cool Uh is that people can come back season after season. Yeah. So that there's like ongoing plot lines. To have a season where no one has been on before, immediately eliminates one of the things that makes the challenge unique and like i also felt like on that same note they didn't do throughout the show and and through the lead up they didn't do a lot that would show how the challenge is different or unique than big brother or survivor like they didn't show how it's going to be different and i also found it interesting and strange that they sort of acknowledge the history of the show without acknowledging the history of the show like we can talk about it maybe during the recap more but like when tj lavin shows up everyone clearly knows who he is tyson who i gather is probably one of the biggest names that they got for this i'm not a survivor watcher but like i gather he's a big deal says that he grew up watching the challenge and always wanted to be on it but they show nothing of the history of it. They didn't explain what it was. And like, here's a, a real fact. The challenge is older in North America than Survivor, Big Brother, certainly Love Island, mm-hmm. and certainly The Amazing Race. And like, they didn't, I'm not so, saying you have to have like CT and Johnny Bananas on, but like, you could have had Fessy on and jay on you know what i mean like they could have uh natalie they could have incorporated some people i get what you're saying but that's not that's not what they're trying to do here they're trying to make a whole new show that is like from ground zero and so the the thing is for us like they get us in because they call it the challenge but if they called it the championship it's like CBS, the championship, debuting after Big Brother. We got a bunch of network stars to come and compete in a bunch of competitions, and that's what the show is going to be. That's essentially what they're doing. They're just using the challenge name to get suckers like us 
who've been riding with the brand to come in. But their thought process is we're, we don't really want to do that. We want to bank off. So, so think of it in pillars, right? Mm-hmm. So we're starting a show. How do we get people to watch? Well, one pillar is going to be, we're going to get people who watched and who are familiar with the old school challenge. So we got them, but bigger than them, we want to get people who watch big brother all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Which big brother on CBS probably does more ratings in the challenge. I'd yeah. assume, right? Same thing with amazing race survivor, love Island, all those other shows. So those are all just pillars that we're trying to bring in to the CBS brand and this show called Again, if we just called it the championship, but calling it the challenge, you're adding another pillar. Mm-hmm. And really the only thing, the only person from the challenge is TJ Lavin, right? Like that's the only thing. Um, you mentioned people when TJ walked in, I don't know my guy's name because there's so many people. And to be honest, it was very difficult to try to keep track of who was who and what was what. So Especially I think I'm going to do- knowing most of them. For sure. I think I'm going to do a funny bit where I'm just going to like scramble through my notes in terms of what I wrote down about each person as we're interview or introducing themselves. But there was a shot when TJ walks in where one dude was clearly, a, uh, he was a bald brother, but he was clearly confused. He's just kind of like, wait, why is everybody cheering? And I don't know why my eyes like focus in on him. Cause I was kind of trying to pay attention to that too. Like, do people know who TJ is? Do they get it? Do they understand? And again, we get it. We understand. But there's a lot of people that watch, you know, Big Brother and they're like, where's Julie Chen? Right. Like, why is Julie Chen? Wait, does Julie Chen still host Big Brother? She doesn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She does Julie Chen Noonves because she is married now. Respect oh, the yes. hyphen. Fair. Totally correct. But again, just to say, like, it's it's they're trying to make a whole new show, but just steal the challenge name. Well, but still, I think my point stands, they haven't, or they could do more to make it distinct. Like, I think TJ is a huge, con- like, as a huge and interesting contrast to Julie Chen. And beyond, like, the little Chiron that said BMX legend, like, the fact that he was a badass, like, famous BMX, they could have played that up. They could have, they also made TJ nicer. And, like, Part of the fun of the challenge is that TJ calls people on their shit, which is a stark contrast to Julie Chen and, and a stark contrast to Jeff Probst. And I'm not saying that any of them are better or worse. Who hosts the Amazing Race? I don't know. I have no idea either. I thought you would know. Sorry. I didn't mean to put you on the spot like that. Canada. I haven't watched the Amazing Race in like ever actually i don't know if i've watched this season i've watched one season i don't know to me watching the amazing race is just like watching couples arguing at the airport like i don't need it you know (laughs) good call i like that i like that so but like they could have played up the airport that's an elevator pitch right there (laughs) but like that's like i could have used them accentuating the differences between tj and julie have him be a little bit meaner you know like you and I have joked in the past about how great it would be if every so often on The Bachelor they'd have TJ Lavin show up to like give Mm. shit to the Bachelor like the different competitors for the rose and be like bro are you crying like you knew that she was going to be dating other guys like something like that would be great but yeah yeah well there's still time there's still time it's episode one 
but first impressions are the are the most important and like so a couple of things a couple of things i want to do though right first impressions speaking of first impressions i want to know what well, I'll start with you, obviously, but next episode, we will, I want to get some people's comments here because I want to know how many people on the cast people are familiar with. So I normally watch Big Brother, but I didn't watch Big Brother last season. I did have someone I work with give me a full on breakdown of the cookout and what happened on last season. And there's part of me that's like, oh, I kind of wish I, I watched it, but I think I was so like the last couple years i mean and this might be the understatement of all understatements were a bit weird and i didn't know if i I, if like you know how i was spending my time i wanted to invest my time like that much time into big brother because big brother is a commitment right Mm -hmm. and i didn't really want to do that last year but i feel like it might have been a season that i really would have enjoyed like understanding that whole thing did you watch last season of big brother with the cookout or no no, I watched two seasons ago, which was an okay. all-star season. Or maybe that was three seasons ago. Okay. So I had someone break down, like, the whole thing with the cookout, and it was really cool because, you know, these people got together right from the beginning, and they made a secret alliance, and basically it was all the Black people on the show. Mm-hmm. And so they all had actual, like, people that weren't in the cookout they had like alliances with the other people in the house. So they each kind of had another partner and they kept their actual alliance secret the whole time and just picked each other, picked people off all the way to the end. Amazing scene. So when dude says might've been the best um, alliance in big brother history, he ain't lying. So that part's really cool. But I want to know from people who who listen to this pod, I really want to know how familiar you are and almost have a discussion where we open it up to like, let's know more little insights about some of the people who are on this show. And I guess like, I'm just going to rifle through some notes here because I don't know how else to like go through the cast and discuss what I know or what we know or what did we don't know. So just stop me at any point and be like, this is a person I know. Does that sound cool? Sure. <laughs> you sound uh, enthused. You sound well, there's, enthused. Only, there's only one person I know on this. On okay, this. so this should be pretty quick then. This should yep. be pretty quick. So Tyson is a survivor dude. I don't watch Survivor. But I'm looking at him and everyone's like afraid of him already. And I'm kind of like, this dude? Like, Fessy would like break that dude. Like, what the hell? Like, I would take bananas against this dude. But anyways, let's keep it going. Tiffany from Big Brother, fan favorite. Don't know who she is, but it is cool that people liked her, right? She was voted America's favorite house guest. Cool. That's says something. Likeable character. I'm here for that. Angela. My reaction when I saw Angela was, oh, hello. I remember her. I watched her season of Big Brother. Um, she was, like, very quiet, but very, like, good politicking behind the scenes. I, di- I wasn't aware of her, like, physical uh, prowess, we'll say, like, athletically. So that's kind of cool. Um, I do remember her being kind of mean and, and like shady behind the scenes, which is good TV. Danny was on Survivor, tried out for the Dallas Cowboys. Automatically, I can't like you. Sorry, that's just how things roll. Kayla, amazing race, says she's a fan of the challenge, so she knows the game. We will see about that. Because there's someone else who said they were a fan of the challenge and that made the dumbest move ever, but we will discuss that. Xavier yeah. won Big Brother. He's from the cookout. We discussed that. Shout out to the cookout. Desi, Miss Virginia, she's trying to be Miss Challenge USA. I'm here for that. 
no comments there. TJ's shadow pops up. We talked about that. Cool. Some people didn't know who TJ was, but how can you not know who TJ was? That doesn't make sense to me. Can't come on the challenge and not know who TJ Lavin is. That's utter disrespect. We do not tolerate disrespect, especially when it comes to TJ Lavin, the God. Cache and Cinco from Love Island. I watched that season of Love Island because it might have been like early pandemic or something, I think, where like that season was on. And I mean, what else are we? What else did I have to do? So I will say this, Cache and Cinco, mad annoying that season on Love Island because it was like, oh, we love each other. Now we don't. Oh, there's a new person in the house. Now I'm in love with them. Oh, no, but I think I still like you. It was just mad annoying, super annoying. Tasha from Survivor. Again, don't watch Survivor. Couldn't tell you anything about it. Um, should we? T- I'll keep going through the cast. Ben from Survivor, cool. Says he's loyal, trustworthy. Learn not to do that. Yeah. I mean, definitely can't do that on this show. Derek from Big Brother, high school chess club, cool. Shannon, also from that season of uh, Love Island with Cinco and Cache. Shannon, I will just say Shannon, I'll call her doing it for the gram. That is Shannon. Alyssa, uh, still salty about being burned by the cookout? I guess so. That would suck. Xavier has no idea. He still thinks that him and Alyssa can be cool. I don't know how that would make sense. Um, Cashel and Kira was a different season of Love Island. Kira is, which I did watch part of that season. Didn't watch the full the full season. But uh, Kira, I'm, I'm trying to say this politely. Kira strikes me as that girl who in high school, you know, was like the mean girl. Like she's dope, but like, no, she's dope. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it there. We did um, go to the same high school. So <laughs> <laughs> That's I fair. can picture your experience. <laughs> That's fair. Um, James from Amazing Race. I mean, talking about walking around and observing people. Um, I want to see how he does in the challenges, and he did a really good job in this one. So, I mean, shouts to him. We'll get to him later on because I think he had a great show. Sarah from Survivor, confident that she can win. She's a cop. Um, I think someone said she was also like an MMA fighter. Like she seems pretty badass. Cool. And Sheldon, as, as we all know, American police forces have built their reputation on being calm and cool under pressure. So I'm sure she's going to do great. Continue. I'm just going to leave that one alone. Um, Dominic believes survivor people are the best at this game. I can't wait to like, yeah, exactly. Um survivor people like really you're chilling out you're chilling on an island like anyways uh playing like um kid camp games right like isn't that survivor pretty much anyways justine and selly are from love island they do not seem serious about the challenge at all and the nope. best part is then they're complaining about nobody's taking us seriously <laughs> it's like i wonder why uh shan she's a pastor maybe you know I don't know how she would do in the normal challenge house, but in the challenge CBS house or challenge USA house. Cool. No problem. Cool. That Shan was when she was explaining that she's a pastor. She was like, yeah, but like, I may be a pastor and I turn preacher, but like when I play Monopoly or Uno, like all bets are off. And it was just adorable to me that that was her go-to competitive <laughs> examples uh, this is going to be a reference that only you get, but she reminded me a lot of my stepfather, who okay. 
for our listeners, my stepfather is the world's quietest man, as Sheldon can attest, they've met. Um, and he once said to me, I was teasing him because he never swears. I mean, he doesn't say a lot of things, but he doesn't swear in particular. And he said that to him, damn is a gateway drug, just like marijuana is. <laughs> and to me, that's that's the energy that Shan is bringing. Damn is a gateway drug. That's amazing. That is a quote. Write that down. Write that down. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of other like random people that'll trickle through throughout. But like the only other person I want to say, Enzo. I remember him from old school Big Brother, the Meow Meow. Yes. Right, old school Big Brother people. That's, remember that's the guy I knew. I I know. God help us, the meow meow. I'll tell you. So that's Enzo hold on. That's the only person on you know. Yeah, Enzo. Wow. Okay. And I okay. know him from original season, mm-hmm. and then he was on Big Brother All Stars, and uh. and Enzo. I was relieved to see that this was not an enzo heavy episode because enzo is charitably an acquired taste it becomes a lot he it does become a lot and he's like kind of smart like he's not a bad player like he Mm. in a weird way i think will do well on the challenge he's definitely the oldest person in the house by like a stretch but i could see that but like He's smart, and I think he's smart enough to, like, let the young ones fool around. Like, I can see Enzo not necessarily winning, but I can see Enzo making it past the halfway point, no problem. Because I think he'll do just well enough at everything and be nice and, like, sort of low-key. But he's, he's a weird human being and, like, annoying and weird. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's get to the actual game. Right. There'll be other people, obviously, that I'm sure I didn't mention that will pop up, but maybe they just didn't do enough to catch my attention while I was trying to write down notes as they popped up. But the actual game, I thought they did a really good job And this for us old school challenge people. I think they did a good job of twists. So just making it a little different. So the winner gets 500 grand. Right. Everyone starts with a thousand bucks, but you need five thousand to make the final to qualify for the final. You can only win money by winning a daily challenge or winning an elimination. I think that's dope. And I also think it's great producering because you're bringing in the best elements from prior challenge seasons into this season. Do you know what I mean? Like there'd be yeah. little pieces of that that they've brought in throughout the years to kind of enhance and throw off the twist. So you don't really know, you know, cause as you mentioned, for, and this is, I'm saying this too, because for us doing this pod, we kind of got to remember too, there might be new people to the challenge who are now joining in and listening to our pod who might not be familiar with like the old school challenge ways. So one of the things you talked about earlier, John, was about how you had people who came on year after year after year. So what the producers had to do was switch up the game with all these different twists and turns mm-hmm. to throw people off the scent. And I thought they did that here with us, the audience who might be familiar with the challenge, because again, they're basically, you only, you have to either win a daily challenge or win an elimination to make the final dope twist. I like that here for that. What do you think? I like it a lot. And I like the concept of the bank accounts Mm -hmm. because uh, in previous seasons, there were skulls. You had to win a skull. Yeah. 
And, and that's a, a relatively new twist, but I like the money because they can do interesting things with it, right? Because the key is $5,000. They could say, you know, and, and we saw it in the first uh, daily challenge, but they could make them compete in teams of four and then they're splitting 10 grand from that. So like they're getting closer, but not yeah. like guaranteed in. Mm-hmm. And I like that, you know, they are, they, there's, it's going to mean that no one cruises, which yeah. is like something that often happens on Big Brother, which is of these other shows, the one I'm most familiar with, which actually brings us to a listener question, Sheldon. Yep. First of the season comes from Mona, longtime listener. Yeah. She says, why do you guys not enjoy watching Big Brother people? In her opinion, they're just quite boring and so strategic and quiet and don't add the fun vibe that she's looking for from the challenge. I agree. I mean, I just think that in Big Brother people on the challenge, like you got to remember, we're coming from the old school, old school challenge where there's like partying, there's fights. And I'm not saying I need fights. I'm not instigating violence. It's not what we're doing. But, you know, sometimes with my reality TV, I need a little bit of extra something, something, you know, keep me a little entertained, keep me on my toes, you know, different personalities clashing. You know, I, I people that longtime listeners know I love my club scene, right? I need some different vibes going on with my reality TV. And we were talking elevator pitches earlier, and I always thought Bill Simmons subbed it up perfectly, right? It's Survivor on steroids. It was MTV's mm-hmm. version of Survivor on steroids. And it was great. So when you look at it like that and you you compare it to Big Brother, where let's be honest, there's a lot of laying down in bed or laying mm-hmm. down on mats or the couch and strategizing. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole show. And then again, kids camp games. Yeah. I mean, I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more. Here's here's why I typically don't like Big Brother people uh, on the challenge. And in general, like it's a problem I have with the show, like with Big Brother, the show yeah. is I find them to be tryhards mm. when they know they're on camera. They shout in confessional. They are corny as fuck. And like, I know they're encouraged to do it. And like I like I said, I watched the premiere, the season premiere of Big Brother immediately before the season premiere of the Challenge USA. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, they're clearly instructed to do it. And it's really gets old to me in a hurry. They seem like substitute teachers. They seem like your guidance counselor trying to be like the fun, cool kids. Yeah. And like, it's lame. They seem like counselors at Bible camp and I can't stand it. And then when they're on the challenge, they don't know how to act. Because they've sort of built this brand and then like the challenge is more real and like you can't without the producer prompting which they clearly do on Big Brother it gets they're they're, as Mona said as you said they're a little drier they're a little more boring and also they're sort of like don't know how to find their way like an easy example is Bailey and swaggy p c swaggy c 
Swaggy Swaggy P is who he stole the name from. Swaggy C and Bailey clearly had constructed this image about themselves on Big Brother. And then on the challenge, it did not work. Mm -hmm. Like Swaggy C works until you have to try to grab a ball from CT and you're getting dummied and dragged through the mud. Mm-hmm. And Bailey's uh, sexual orientation also became obviously a, a topic of discussion on their season of the challenge. And I mean, that's a tough conversation to have on a national scale, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But I think it was particularly hard because she wasn't used to having like real emotional conversations like that because like there's such a facade on Big Brother. Like it's so like we're talking that this is the challenge summer this version is pg yeah but like their version is like g or f like it's it's so like i think it's just a hard transition we've even seen it with fessy mm-hmm. right like fessy sort of doesn't know how to carry himself on the challenge yeah right and like so like they're sort of socially awkward they're too loud sometimes they're too quiet other times yeah. Well, that's that's part of what this season of Challenge USA kind of represents to me, kind of like the social experiments of all these extremely different kinds of shows now trying to play the challenge. And I mm-hmm. think that we represent a group of people who grew up watching the challenge. And now we're going to watch this to see how much these people struggle from their shows trying to come on the challenge. Because everybody thinks that like, you know, everyone's grouping up in whatever their show was, but also talking about like, oh, well, Big Brother people think that they're the best or Survivor people think that they had the hardest show. So, and it's just, no, this is a challenge. This is a different ball game. So the funny part is Shannon, who's from Love Island, again, doing it for the gram. It's perfectly what you just described. Love Island, you know what you're doing, right? It's Instagram selfies. It's, you know, you're sitting by the pool, you're flirting, you're doing all these things. She probably gets a call from her, you know, agents or whatever being like, hey, we can get you on the challenge. And you're like, yeah, this is a great idea. And then you show up <laughs> and you see what the show actually is. And she started to panic. She's like, I tried to do pushups and I can't do pushups. And now I'm supposed <laughs> to be like, as you mentioned, as an example, you know, trying to wrestle a ball away from, let's say, Casey or someone like what? I don't know if I'm ready for this. And that seemed like a very real moment to back to what you were just talking about. Right. So to me, I, I, I get it because she can't turn that down. Like being on a CBS show, you can't turn that down. But at the same time, this isn't love Island where you get to sit by the pool and flirt, right? Like that's basically not basically that literally is what that show is about. So now you're on the challenge. But she didn't know what to do. This is also part of, I, I heard what you said earlier about how they're just trying to build a brand new show with like a coat of paint that says the challenge. I understand that. But I do believe this would have been a better show if they had just like five challenge bets and like made the competition level more like the challenge. I mean, you know maybe we will have like, there is going to be a headbanger, but like it would have been, I think, more fun even for the general public, if it was a bit of a wake-up call. See, but I kind of get why they didn't do that now. Watching it, I get why they didn't do that now. Because the show would have been 
steered in the direction of the people from the challenge. And they didn't want that yeah. to happen. Right. Because those people would come in, whoever it is, and be like, and all of a sudden you're the big dog. Even if you sucked on the challenge, like even if it was Josh, right? But it's like, oh, I'm from the challenge. So I know how to play this game. And this is how it works. And you got to do this and you got to do that. And that's why you can't have those people in because it automatically steers them into the, the focal point and you don't really want to do that. Yeah. So I, I do kind of understand. And I know I'm the one that's been railing against this, right? But after watching the social experiments, I'm like, oh, okay. Because they accomplish the same things that you would accomplish in casting, right? All mm -hmm. different kinds of people, different kinds of backgrounds, different kinds of strengths and weaknesses. They accomplished all of those things just by doing it differently, right? By bringing in all these different CBS shows. So I get it. I get it. The other thing that they could do as like a middle path, and maybe they do do it, is have challenge veterans come on just for like a competition. Like remember they had that season where, I mean, the Johnny Bananas backpack, CT wasn't a cast member that season. They brought him in specifically for that elimination as like, oh, you think you're bad? Let's see what you can do against CT. Yeah. If they did yeah. that, that would be interesting. Like later still on time. the season. There's still time. Yeah. Um, like we're going to put you in a headbanger against Zach, you mm -hmm. know, and then like, we'll see what's up. Like, we'll see sure. how bad Tyson really is. Well, you know, that would be an epic twist for sure. But the one thing I, th I think they did do a good job of is the twist in episode one. And a great early twist here where, you know, you're coming to do the daily challenge. And the first twist is everyone gets to pick their own team. Mm -hmm. And I always find that to be a very fun social experiment. Oh, I'm, I'm interested so in who picks I'm so who. glad you said that. And why, right? I love watching that. And I know that sounds so simplistic, but it's so interesting to me who people pick. And this was a telltale sign to me that people didn't know what the challenge was. Because 100%. you're under the impression that you're going to be partnered with this person for a while. And we'll get to that part later. But you got to try to get a cross section in your partnership. You need someone who's strong and then you need someone who is you know, the brains and the brawn essentially is what you need. You need a cross section of the two. You need someone like if I'm looking to pick a partner, I need someone who's going to cover up my weaknesses and vice versa. Mm -hmm. My strength, their weakness, their weakness, my strength. That's how the challenge rolls. And these people were just like basically doing the opposite of that. It kind of showed me they have no idea what's happening. Am I wrong there? You are not wrong at all. I mean... I, I had the same thought that you did where it's, to me, it was a telltale sign of who's here to win and who's here to have a good time. Mm -hmm. And like, who here is shook? Yeah. Right? Like, Cashel and Kira, exes that broke up together on an eight, on hour four of an eight hour car ride, they paired up together. I, I, have maybe one ex that I would team up with in this circumstance, especially if you think you're going to be with them the whole season. Like, what are you doing? Like, what a poor choice. So their season two on Love Island, it was so weird because they were kind of like back and forth, back and forth. A new person would come on and then she 
clearly didn't like him. And you could tell that she wanted to go see someone else, but then kind of like just settled for him. That's kind of how it went. And then it kind of was like, you could tell she felt sorry for him. And then everyone else in the house felt sorry for him because he was kind of like playing the puppy dog. And then she finally chooses him, but you're watching the show and being like, okay, this doesn't work. Like you can already tell this doesn't work. And then they break up. And then now I'm coming on a show to win half a million dollars and I'm going to choose you. What? That makes no sense. And they're like, Oh, well, I trust you. I'm like, I can trust you to leave me in the middle of an eight hour road trip. That's what yeah. I know. I can trust you to do not to help me win half a million dollars. That makes no sense to me. None. And also Danny, who is he partnered with? I don't know who Danny is. <laughs> so He's the guy Cowboys. that played for the Cowboys. Oh yeah. He was on survivor and uh, he said, uh, Shan, he's partnered with Shan, Shan, no? Yeah, he was. And his wife specifically was like, don't partner with Shan. You screwed her on, uh, like, you voted her off the island. Mm-hmm. She'll have engines. Who does he partner with? At the very least, listen to your wife. But I think, Not- so was it these people just looking for a familiar face and that's it? Yeah, but that's my point. They were shook. Like they weren't, they weren't thinking smart. They were thinking scared. Yeah. And scared money don't make money as they say. Correct. And they were looking for the, the, almost the devil, you know, versus the devil you don't. And to me, like, I feel like you should, this is another reason why you can't have challenge people come on the show because especially in later seasons of the challenge, right? or more recent seasons of the challenge, you have people who are coming on doing research, mm-hmm. like actual research to know who's who and, you know, getting in cahoots with people before you get on the show. Mm-hmm. These be- Again, you're adding, that's what I mean. This is a brand new show. You couldn't have any actual challenge people on it because they would just dominate the actual gameplay of it as well. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't be fair. And it would turn into the challenge people all huddling up together and just picking off everyone else. And yeah, let's, let's get to this challenge though. Cause I thought this challenge was actually really cool. Sure. I did. Yeah. Let's get to it. So basically the way that this challenge works is you had to, how was it? 22 stories. Yes. Yeah. It's called do the math. Two teams start on the roof of a 22 story building. And as you you know, climb down, rappel down the side of the building. Um, you, there's a series of math equations and your team is represented by a color. And those are the equations that you have to solve. You have to follow the numbers all the way down the building as you're climbing down. And you need to make sure you're doing the right one because when you get to the bottom, you solve the math equation and it's timed. Fastest team, you win. If you get it wrong, You get three guesses. If you're wrong after your three guesses, you have to climb the 22 stories back up to the top of the building and do that all again. That was a really good challenge, I thought. I also think I would not be able to do this challenge. I would not do well on this challenge at all. No? Heights would get to me. um, The heights would get to me for sure. And then I wouldn't be able to focus on what the math is. Like, you could ask me one plus one, and I'd be like, uh, 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 two and a half. Like, I I just wouldn't, I don't think that I would do well in this challenge because of the heights and like, you know, the one dude and his partner, I don't remember who it was, but he was like, hey, look around, take this in. And she's like, 
no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, I am focused. That's, yeah, that's the last thing I want to do I, right now. <laughs> um, How would you do with this one? I think I would do okay. Okay. All right. All right. I will say, uh, as you know, I recently, for work, did some heights-related stuff, whereas mm. 100 feet in the air, which is not 22 stories by any stretch, was pretty high. I was dangling up there. Long story short. I'm like, I felt fucked up afterwards like mm -hmm. I was just sitting and I had a meal up there and like a Caesar and like when I came down my legs were shaky and like I felt lightheaded for like an hour so I'm not, I'm not gonna say it'd be easy and like I went to lengths to not look down mm -hmm. um but I like I've done some rappelling certainly and like in adulthood too like the last time I went to Mexico yeah I yeah. rappelled into a cenote uh and shout out to cenotes by the way tj lavin's favorite word and i had like i have more faith in the production and stunt staff of the challenge mm -hmm. than i do of a mexican resort okay uh so but like again not 22 stories so okay. that would i think make it tougher what i found remarkable is like I've definitely run up more than 22 stories at a time like it's that like they're really intimidated by that and I wouldn't find that that hard like it wouldn't be pleasant but like early on and in fact the very first people that go it's Kyla Kyland and Aza go up first versus Kishel and uh, Kyra Kyra Kira and uh surprisingly in my mind the exes kashel and kira complete it they do okay yeah. highland and Azza have to run back up and she faints afterwards and Alyssa from big brother yeah big brother goes as a passing out makes you realize how intense these challenges really are and like Again, I feel like they should have done a highlight reel for them or something. Maybe not even for us, the viewers, but just be like, by the way, now that you're here, here's what you might expect. Because like I've done the CN Tower stair climb, which is 114 stories. Mm -hmm. I did it in 20 minutes. And like I had to stop along the way. The air gets thin. But 22 stories, you could like I could walk 22 stories. I know for a fact in seven minutes. I used to live on the, uh, I guess it was actually the 22nd story of my old uh, condo building you visited. Mm -hmm. And there'd be huge lineups for the elevator. So sometimes I just take the stairs. I could, you can walk it in eight minutes. Run it, you can yeah. for sure do it in three minutes. Yeah. If she's struggling with that, forget the final challenge. Like forget yeah, writing yeah. the final. She's gonna have problems. I thought that that first grouping and obviously we're not going to go through all the pairs because it's not like something interesting or even noteworthy happened with every single pair. But I thought the first two teams that went up and obviously this is how you put together the show, but it was the most um, telling of what the challenge is. So just by the way, it started where cash was scared, right? Cashel was scared about how to go down and, and Kira was like, 
coaching him like oh like she realized it clicked for her like oh i gotta take the lead on this Mm -hmm. and like relax him and calm him down that part compared to you thought kylan and Azza were gonna do a great job because they were just flying going down watching that represents what the challenge is because to me you think oh yeah we got to race through this we got to go quickly we got to blah 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 and that's your strategy like oh yeah we're beasts in this we're going so quick meanwhile the other team is just going like Kira was literally counting. Okay. One, two, one, two, one. They're just going at their own pace, going by the beat of their own drum. And they're the ones that ended up winning that, that bit, that battle. Right. And that's what the challenge is. It's not about the, who's the strongest, fastest, smartest, whatever. It's about how you work well with your team and how you figure out how to go at your own pace. Because again, as in Kylan fly through it, they get down to the bottom, but because they're going so fast, because they're trying to like power it and, and beat the race, they mess up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that ends up costing them. And they're the ones that end up coming in last because no other team actually messed up three times in a row and had to go back up. And I got to be honest, I was surprised by that. Like I thought at least one other team would end up having to go again, but maybe it was just that easy. I don't know. I mean, there was another uh, group that, you know, almost came down to, you know, being pretty close, but they were fine. Um, I want to ask you, though, who so far, like we saw all the pairs go and you get to see a bunch of the different personalities and, you know, or maybe I should just like rifle through because I wrote like random things about each, but there's only, I don't know there's who stood only, out like, to you. There's only two other moments, three other moments, I should say, mm-hmm. that stuck out to me. The first was that Shannon and James go down. And Shannon, we skipped over this part, but like, but when everyone's getting to know each other, well, you touched on it. Shannon, Love Island veteran, she's talking about how like she can't do push ups. She's already scared. I mean, anyone who's ever watched the challenge knows like she's going in before, like, as soon as you say, ah, I don't want to be here, people are like, great, you don't have to be here. Like, Give it we'll a handle reason. that. Like, Give don't it worry a reason. about it. But I really like James. And James did something in this competition that I hope he leans into. And that is, as they're going down, he realizes that the glass is a little dirty. And he writes, like, he uses the glass to write his answers in so he can do the math. Instead of doing it in his head, he does it mm-hmm. in the dirt. Yeah. That's the sort of outside-the-box thinking that really helps like we've talked about the fact that johnny banana's entire success all his like most wins in challenge history is based on the fact that he's really good at thinking outside the box and that is a massive credit to him and i really hope james continues to do that because that like if he continues to like approach each daily challenge as like a puzzle to solve rather than just like follow the rules. He's going to do exceptionally well at the show. Um, I was also, I just want to, before we move on from that, I just want to say Shannon to me, the other part that really helped her. And I, I, this might come off as a diss and I don't mean it as a diss, but I really think that she got relaxed by looking into the windows as if it was a mirror. I said, yeah. Shannon, do it for the gram, right? Like she became comfortable because she could see herself in the mirror. And for whatever reason, to me, that seemed to relax her. 
So I don't mean that as a diss and being like, oh, she's so focused on herself, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like she mentioned it, right? Like seeing herself in the mirror, you know, like we're looking, don't we look so great on the way down and blah, 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 blah. She gets down to the bottom and starts twerking. As I said, the definition of doing it for the gram. <laughs> um, I also was struck by your man, Leo. Okay. Who doesn't refer to himself as the third person, but he's a, a proud cat daddy and refers to himself as one of the cats. Yeah, I was mad confused and I was just kind of like... Which leads to my line of the episode, which was Enzo, who said, I like Leo. I like Leo a lot, but he's a little weird. He brings the cats up a lot. And I just loved it because it's exactly what I was thinking. And like, that's from the guy who calls himself the Meow Meow. True. And and yet he's like, ooh, ease up on the cat talk, my friend. Like, (laughs) that had me busting out. I, I should say, I watched this episode twice. I watched it once for funsies and then a second time to take note. And like both, both times Enzo saying that made me laugh super hard. It's funny because my line of the episode was very soon after because it was Giovanni. Giovanni was on, um, he was on Love Island. He didn't have a long stay on Love Island, but he was actually really funny. Like he's just himself, right? Like he's just making jokes, cracking jokes all the time. And I love he's at the top and his partner is Selly and they're they're at the top and he's just like, no, we're ready. We're good. We so smart. We dumb. (laughs) And I don't know why that made me laugh because I was just like, I don't even know what you're talking about, bro. But I like your energy. I like your energy. I I liked that line so much that I already noted it down that it was going to be the episode title of this episode of You Killed It. We so smart. We dumb. It's a great shirt. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to bring up was the pairing of Angela and Tyson. Okay. Because Tyson imme- immediately sought her out. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that Tyson has done his research. Mm-hmm. And Tyson did, was not making scared moves. Mm-hmm. And I will say this to the credit of people from Survivor. One of the things I think is dumb about the show Survivor is the immunity idols that are just hidden all over the island, like on the set. Like, wasn't there one episode where there's an immunity island, like idol in like Jeff Probst's like podium where he like at the ticket ceremony or whatever they call it? And like, it's so dumb to me that they just introduced it like well i just showed up with this like bamboo face and now i'm free you know like mm-hmm. but again tyson's outside the box thinking and always being like everything is part of the game thinking i think will help him mm-hmm. he was clearly the only one that was like i as a survivor member have to partner with someone from big brother because yeah. we're the two largest groups, that's like, yeah, a way I have a foot in both camps. Like, he's clearly the only one thinking that way. And also, the person he recruited is Angela, who it turns out was a gymnast, then a professional pole vaulter, which I, as someone who's covered the Olympics, I don't think that's such a thing, but sure, you do. You <laughs> and then did stunt training. So she feels that, like, her whole life, 
like led up to this moment. I will say it does sound like she's really bad at holding down a job. She's like what, not even thirty, and she's had three distinct careers since high school. I'm just saying, but like they just smashed this competition. Like this is this is one of those ones where like TJ couldn't even pretend like it was close. Like well, they said, was, no, they said three teams were separated by seventeen seconds. Seventeen seconds is a lot. <laughs> I'm just saying what TJ said. I'm not going to call TJ a liar. I didn't say he was a liar. I, just I don't know. Seconds. It sounded like you were questioning TJ. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's. What I'll tell you what, TJ. Come on the show, and I'll say it to your face. So here's here's my question though, right? Because as you mentioned, Angela and Tyson win. Normally, normal seasons of the challenge, I would say you don't want to win early. But in this season of the challenge, do you want to win early? Because so they win and you get your 5K, you qualify for the final and you get to pick who's going into the arena to take on Azza and Kyland, who, you know, obviously were the only ones to really struggle. Right. Um, is interesting. I felt like maybe in this instance, you do want to go. You do want to win early. Because you kind of, you're not going to get much blood on your hands because no. you can just pick the weakest group and send them in. But do you put a target on your back or is it just too early anyways? I, I think it sort of depends on who you are. So okay. for example, I think it was helpful for Tyson to win first. because mm -hmm. I think Tyson's going to have a, uh, a target on his back regardless. Okay. Most survivor sense. people see him as like the big deal. Mm -hmm. Right. And like just the fact that he's one survivor and it's like more of an individual game than Big Brother. Like Big Brother's always dominated by alliances. Yeah. I think would like even Big Brother people, even Love Island people are gonna be like, oh yeah, like no Tyson won. He's been on Survivor for four seasons. You know, he looks like that spin instructor that hits on your girlfriend right in front of you. Yeah. You know, like you gotta like he's gonna have a target on his back anyway, so you might as well win off the hop and just get mm -hmm. square away. Uh, I think there's other people where it might behoove them to like wait a little bit. Yeah. But I also think that no one except maybe Tyson is thinking about the classic issue that we see on the challenge, which is it gets down towards like two thirds of the way through the season and people are like, Oh shit, I need to like earn my way into this final. And like all the pushovers are gone, <laughs> you yeah. know, like there's going to be a point where people are like, Oh, we're down to like all the good people. And now I've got to beat a good person. Ooh, yeah. So. Yeah. I think, I think it's very interesting because you win and now you get to win early which is good because you, you get that out of the way in terms of getting all your money, right? And now you quote unquote qualify. But in terms of the target being on your back, is it early enough to where like, there's still so many people involved that you can kind of win. And then the biggest thing for you to do is, okay, now I just need to play my position. I'm not going to win twice in a row. I'm mm -hmm. not going to win again for like a couple more challenges. I'm going to kind of sit back, lay low, keep quiet, let other people get in fights, let other people give reasons to be voted out. 
but I took care of my business. Nobody's going to really come after me next week. So let me just yeah. chill. That would be my, that would be my move. I don't know I, if that's Tyson's jam. Some, I was going to say, I could see someone like Enzo doing that, like Enzo winning early and just be like, yeah, I'm just going to go to bed early every night and mm-hmm. like keep myself and not piss anyone off. Always be like mid range. Yeah. Tyson, I mean, he said this early on, but Tyson's plan was to win every challenge. Yeah. Which, yeah. like, cool. that's not going to happen. That no. doesn't happen on this show. No. Like, it's like you might be good at repelling, but are you going to be good at eating gross food? Are you going to be good at doing trivia? How good are you at falling into water? Falling also, into water is the number one skill of the challenge. And also, you don't need to win every challenge right? Like you're not going to be in danger every single episode. And again, even if you do get thrown in, you get a chance to try to win your way back. So just a different game in big brother. We see this a lot, especially early in big brother. There's every single season is the same. There's someone who wins in the beginning and they get too hyped up thinking that they're running the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that person never wins. So mm-hmm. you got to come in with a different energy for sure. But I mean, either way, Shannon, speaking of energies, she put out there first that she didn't really want to be here as we've discussed. And that's a great way to screw yourself over in this game. And I got to say that at the end of the day, she gave a reason for why people should want to put her in. And then her partner was the one that really took care of it. But I don't want to go too far without going past the club seat. Because, you know, you know me. People who listen to this show know I love me the club scene. But I got to say, I need our American listeners to let me know if we missed out on real music. I need to know. Because, yeah, we got some, like, just, you know, basic whatever music. And I was surprised at how much twerking was going on in the club scene. What did you think of the bystanders who were thinking that the Love Island people were doing too much in the club scene? I thought it was hilarious that the Love Island people were like, we got to show people that we belong here. Let's grind on each other in the club. <laughs> like, talk about missing the point. And like, I'm honestly, I'm glad the Love Island people are there. And I mm-hmm. wish there was more of them because mm-hmm. I think the Survivor people and the challenge and the, excuse me, the Big Brother people would be very much sipping on their like light beers. Yeah. And like, you know, with their collared shirts tucked into their pants. Yeah. Like, I'm glad, I'm glad that the Love Island people are there. I just love that attitude. And I also loved the other people being like, yeah, these people, like, not impressed, like, fun to watch, but like, yeah, no. But what I loved was uh, (laughs) one of them, uh, Tasha, yeah, Tasha says that there is no partying or adult beverages on Survivor. And I wonder if it's occurred to her and the other people from Survivor, and to a lesser extent, Big Brother, how important it is to be able to hold your liquor mm-hmm. on this show. Like, I wonder if it's occurred to them, like, oh, most of the deals and most of the drama are started at the club. Like, yeah. Yeah. everyone has a plan on the challenge until they're doing shots of Patron. And then suddenly someone gets mad because they haven't been spoken to at the club and then everything falls apart. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I I don't, I wonder 
how much of an X factor they realize alcohol is. Even if you can hold your alcohol, maybe the person in your alliance can't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird flex for sure. Because I look at this show and I, I just think of, you know, again, Survivor, you're, you're chilling, sleeping on a tent or whatever they do on Survivor. And then now you're like blending in all these different worlds of shows. Like you've never been on reality TV in that, in that sense, right? Like the confessionals are different. The day, your daily routine is different. Like you get to dress up and go to the club. And part of the Love Island thing is, I mean, Love Island, I don't know if how familiar people are with the show, but every episode, there'd be a montage where, first off, you're just in the same house the whole time, right? You might go off to another part of the island to like have a dinner or something, but you're in the same house doing the same things every single day, chilling by the pool. But there'd be a scene in every single episode where the people would get dressed at night and just like, come out into like where the main area is they would play music and there'd be a montage of them dancing so under that guise (laughs) is exactly how you end up with the club scene that you just saw that essentially was for the love island people that was their daily challenge right (laughs) coming out and having their little montage where they get to dance they're like oh no i've seen this part Cause that's what they do on every single episode and just seeing how those worlds blend is amazing to me. But I've got to say this because first off, Cinco is a moron. Cinco is not smart. Cinco's like, we got to use this opportunity. I think that what they should do, what Angela and uh, what's my guy's name, Angela and Tyson, sorry. Cinco says, I think they should use this opportunity to take out a, uh, take a strong team out. And I'm like, you've clearly never watched the challenge, bro. You don't make a move like that too early. No. You don't shoot your shot that early, bro. You sit back, you wait, you relax. And I say that because, again, I'm going to reference Love Island. Cinco got on Love Island. He meets a girl. He's like, oh, this girl's amazing, blah, blah, blah. The next week, new girls come in, bro. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, no, that girl's amazing. (laughs) I think I love her. Now I don't know who to choose. I don't know what's happening. See how we're talking about how these shows now coming into the challenge, people don't know what to do. But I will give credit. I got to give credit here to Shannon because, because I know I've been hard on her. I know I've been, you know, kind of throwing some shade at her, you know, doing it for the gram and all that. But when James and Shannon sit down and James kind of sits down and tells her, hey, like there's word going around the house that you don't really want to be here. And she's like, okay, yeah, but I changed my mind. Like, and it was seemed very genuine. She's like, At first, I wasn't sure. I was kind of nervous. I was scared, but I changed my mind and I embraced that challenge. I got over my fear and and that felt good. And like, I don't feel that way anymore. And I honestly thought what was going to happen was she was going to like pop off and like go over and like try to start some like go to Angela and be like, whatever you're hearing is not true, but like her energy would be too extra. And instead, that didn't happen. James went around to the house just had calm conversations with everyone. Looked like Shannon and Angela had a calm conversation. I wasn't expecting that because I'll be honest, sometimes the very, very, very attractive people on these shows don't really get along for whatever reason. You know what I mean? And I'm not making that a gender thing. I said, true. 
and I'm not making that a gender thing. I blatantly said the attractive people because the dudes are the exact same. In fact, the dudes might be worse, right? Because they want to be the top dog thinking like, oh, all the girls like me in the house, you know? But you saw them have a conversation and seem very calm, seem to make sense. And I got to say that I was surprised that they weren't the ones going in. But was that the right decision made, John? That's my question to you. I think, first of all, I want to say you're totally right, not just on the challenge or reality TV shows, but in life. Attractive people don't automatically always get along. That's why this podcast is so special because we get along. Um, I, knew, I knew you were setting, you were just setting yourself up for, like, I knew when you started, you were just setting yourself up for the alley oop pass, like tossing it to yourself off the backboard to dunk it. I saw it coming. But I said we're both attractive. I wasn't just complimenting myself this time. Um, I'm on to your end game, though. I know where <laughs> your end game was. Um, I think it was <coughs> a mistake. Okay. Not to put James and Shannon in. Because I think James is a dangerous player. Ooh, okay. I, I, he really showed us something this episode. And I think I agree with Cinco that you don't want to, I agree with you that Cinco's view is wrong. Like you don't go gunning for the strongest team, mm -hmm. but I think this is a rare example where James could be a really strong player. Shannon's not going to be a strong player. So like, you're not ruffling that many like feathers, but you're also maybe getting rid of James who might be dangerous. Yeah. And like Tyson says afterwards, like when it's revealed that like James worked the room, it's really James that did the heavy lifting. Yeah. yeah. Tyson says, Well, James owes me one now. And I was like, mm, I don't think that's how this works. <laughs> like, yeah. I think you just gave him a freebie at, for no reason. And like, I don't think it's necessarily going to benefit you. If James is smart, I'd just be like, Yeah that was week one, bro. This is week seven. Like smell you later, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so, we'll see how this all plays out. But like James, I mean, I think I've been clear James and Tyson and Angela impressed me the most uh, gameplay wise this episode. Yeah. And uh, one thing I was super interested in was once they walked into the arena and you saw what the elimination was, I was thinking to myself, do you change course here? Because this is a super tough challenge. But again, you'd only know that if you've seen the challenge before. Right? So that's what I'm mm -hmm. like. My challenge brain is thinking already like twists and turns and do I change my move? But again, that's not what this show is. These people aren't familiar enough to know like how difficult this elimination is or the fact that like Laurel, who is the beast among beasts in challenge history, right? One of the only eliminations I've seen her lose was in this because it's such a crazy, difficult elimination to do. So this could have mm -hmm. been one of those where you do shoot your shot and throw in one of the tougher teams because they might lose and that might benefit your game going forward. But again, not everyone's familiar with the game. You don't really shoot your shot too early. And instead of throwing in a bigger team or instead of throwing in Shannon and James, you throw in who? Selly and my guy, and my guy, Giovanni. 
did you think that Selly and Giovanni had any chance of winning this? No. I bri- for, you know what? For a brief moment, there's a scene where uh, Kylan and Azza are doing their straight to camera, like pregame. Mm-hmm. And they seem calm and collected as Sally and Giovanni are talking mad shit off camera. <laughs> and like, at first I was like, oh, they're going to get like, Kylan and Azza are going to get rattled. But then they like, they both felt like found an inner stillness that impressed me. Yeah. And I forget which one of them said it, but one of them said, I'm going to do my talking in the competition. And like, Kylan, yeah. And he said it with conviction. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's interesting. I'm going to do my huh. talking with the challenge and then when we win. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. And, and Kylan, I think it was around this point, he mentioned he had gone back and watched the previous 10 seasons of the challenge. Now, which... I don't believe that. <laughs> I'd give him maybe three seasons. If I was placing an over-under wager here, I'd put it at like three and a half seasons and I'm still taking the under. But okay, we'll go with this 10 number. <laughs> but I, I'm sure he did research of some sort. I don't think he's necessarily the smartest person. But I admire his dedication to preparation. He also is the only one that said he trained for this physically. Yeah. And... So I don't think he's got a lot of horsepower under the hood mentally, but I do think he's at least applying it as best he can. And off the hop, so the elimination is not so fast. As Sheldon said, the classic pyramid, and like you got ropes and you got to tie knots and like with your body, and then you have to go undo the other person's pyramid after a certain amount of time. And immediately, Kylan instructs as a, to do the correct thing and it's the whole reason why they won and that is they immediately get in the center of the pyramid and he said we have to haul all the rope into the center of the pyramid whereas giovanni and sally they're just starting to like do the knots and just like letting the rope drag behind them like letting it unspool from its resting place and that wastes so much energy yeah. And makes it so much harder for them to tie the knots, which means later it'll be easier for your opponents to untie the knots. That that was the whole difference in this yeah. game. Because what and you I need think to it's because Kylan has watched this. I think it's because Kylan has watched this before, and he at least knew that. So I will give him credit. I yeah. think he was sincere when he said he'd done research, and it paid off, at least with that. Yeah, I agree. I think he did a really good job, and I think the biggest thing in that challenge that messed up Giovanni and um, Giovanni and why am I struggling with her name? There's too many people. Selly. How do I forget a name? Selly. Um, The biggest thing that, that hurt them was their strategy, right? Because if you just make one big knot and you don't like actually weave the knot through, you're making it easier because they can just stand there and untangle it without having to climb through a bunch. You need to have the the full rope. Yeah. You need to have the full rope going from side to side to side to side because that's more times that you have to expend your energy pulling the whole rope across the apparatus. When you're just going through one side and then the whole knot is just right there on one side, you know, it's going to be hard 
But as you can see, it's going to be less knots that they have to do through the whole apparatus. And as I was tired, she was gassed and credit to Kylan because he was doing work. And at one point, uh, one of their teammates, one of their uh, big brother cookout members, I think we're talking about how they should have switched and had Kylan on the other side, pulling the rope through. But I actually think their strategy was better because he needed to start it and start the momentum. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's easier for Azza to pull it through when there's a bit of momentum already going her way. And she had gravity on her side. Exactly. One thing that I also found remarkable about Kyland and Azza was she said in confessional as they're like doing it, mm -hmm. she said, we were in the same alliance, but we don't like each other. Which, first of all, going back to our original conversation about who picked who as partners was interesting. Why would you partner with the person you don't like and you know you don't like? But that's because said, it already worked for them once. I guess. But that said, I will give them credit. They were so calm and nice and respectful with each other. Mm -hmm. I, if she hadn't said that, I would have never guessed that there was beef. But also, I would she have never guessed that. Also, she said they didn't get along in the Big Brother house. And I feel like there'd be a lot of people that I'd be friends with that I'd be cool with that I wouldn't get along with in the big brother house. Cause you're just with them too much. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it's just too much. And there's no like separation. They're just like in your face the whole time. So their jokes are annoying. Jokes every day would be even more annoying. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, you never wash the dishes. I would be mad. Like there's just little things that would be mad annoying that I could be mad. Cool with you. But if we had to stay in a house for like three months together, we had no separation might be annoying. Um, like Giovanni's jokes, for example, although we only got it for one episode. So it was still good. But when he lost and he's like, it sucks to lose. It sucks to suck. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. So good. Um, but there was one more twist here. One more twist at the end. And this is how the episode ends we might've thought that you get to stick with your partner for a little longer, maybe, you know, mo most of the season even, but no, instead we find out that there's random selection for new teammates. There's an algorithm which will randomly select your partners after each elimination. And John is doing air quotes here because he knows where I'm going to go with this there's no such thing as random selection, okay? You're producing a television show. You are making the drama. So there will definitely be a time where someone's going to get in a beef and then magically they're going to end up being partners. Write it down now. I'm telling you it's going to happen. Seen this too many times before. You know, you know what it's going to be. I can tell you right now who's going to be partnered. Okay. Alyssa and Xavier are going to be partnered at a critical time okay. because they've already laid the groundwork. Mm -hmm. Just to remind our listeners, Alyssa and Xavier, I should say Alyssa and Derek were on last season at Big Brother. Mm -hmm. They were friends with the people in the cookout. They were not part of the cookout mm -hmm. and they got betrayed. And as they're introducing everyone, and we sort of glossed over this, I thought the producers did an excellent job of sort of giving us background on like as Someone who only knew Enzo, I, I have pretty decent understanding of like who likes him. Agreed. Um, but 
in their confessionals, Alyssa's like, yeah, they screwed me. Like, I thought they were my friends. They screwed me. Mm-hmm. And like, and Derek said, like, they screwed us. I trust Alyssa. She and I were always real with each other. But like, mm, like, I know the cookout. I like the cookout. Don't know if I trust the cookout. And Xavier was like, Alyssa's my number one in here. And just like that tension of Alyssa's like, I like Xavier, but he screwed me. And Xavier being like, she's my number one. Yeah, You and know they're going to get paired together. Gave you everything you need to know. Um, great twist. Great episode. I shouldn't say great episode. Good episode. It got me in. Yeah. Right? Like I'm in. I'm in. Um, I like it. There's enough little sprinklings there to keep me going enough intrigue there to keep me going. I'm also learning more about the characters. So it's like a new thing, right? Where you're figuring out, Oh, do I like this person? I'm not really sure. I think I kind of like this person. Oh, I definitely don't like that person. Yeah. Right. So that part's interesting. Overall challenge USA. I'm in. Yeah. I'm excited for the next week. I'm curious though, Sheldon, who killed it for you? Oh, well, I mean, you got to give it to, you got to give it to, to me anyways, if you win the daily challenge, you're, you're the daily challenge on episode one. So like you're running, you're calling all the shots on episode one. I'm going to give it to you. So Angela and Tyson, I'm going to give it to joint them because to come out in episode one and do the do pick a good partner, win the first challenge control. Who's going in survive episode one. Pretty simple. Going to give it to them. I'm going to go with, I agree with everything you said, but I'm going to go with James. Because I thought, I mean, there's a scene in the club where he's like, it's occurring to me that we are the only pairing that is not, does not feature someone from Survivor or Big Brother. We're in trouble. I thought like, yes, James, you are in trouble. I had noted like the fact that there's only three people from the amazing race and they think it's a benefit to them. Yeah. Like, oh, you guys are not playing the right game. But he pulled it out of the fire. Like, he turned it around. And, you know, I think he learned a lot this episode about how the show works. And I think he's a smart, intelligent, observant person. And he's no longer partnered with Shannon. Yep. He doesn't have to work at, worry about that amazing race, Love Island dynamic. Anymore. And I left out that part too. It's random, but you're also will not get partnered with the same person again until you've been partnered with everyone else. Mm-hmm. She's a very interesting twist as well. So, you know, I mean, Angela and Tyson, obviously we would never have known that, but now mm-hmm. they'll never work with each other again until they make it far enough to when the numbers make that possible. Yeah. But I think we're not going to see James in an elimination again for weeks. Mm-hmm. I like, I think he learned all he needs to know and is going to really start making some interesting moves. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what he does next. I will say I liked a lot of the people more. Like there was people that we barely spoke about who I actually quite liked. And like, I'm curious to see how they develop. It's also hard when it's such a crowd so many people yeah and like i'm sorry i'm i'm a geriatric millennial i'm gonna say something i know it's not gonna be popular a lot of them have dumb names and i have a really hard time keeping track of all of them like sally what 
like in Canadian slang, that means celebration. I don't know if that's like what if she's really like Cecilia or what, but like Sally, come on. So I I struggle if they're not basic ass white people names. I'll say it like <laughs> I'm gonna have a hard time. I was tripping over the name Kira, which is a very normal name. What about so, Kashal? Like, is that is it Cashel or Kashal? I don't know. I'll I'll figure it out. But like there there's like thirty people. I I need them to shrink down. I don't know I if I've ever seen people. a white Tyson before. Tyson Fury. Oh yeah, good call. Good call. Interesting. <laughs> uh, until now. Oh wait. We're sort of practice. Where can the people find you on social media, Sheldon? I almost jumped the gun there. It's all right, man. You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And you can watch the lovely videos each and every week on YouTube. Just search You Killed It podcast or Sheldon Alexander. We will be there for sure to, you know, entertain you week in, week out. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Chidley Hill. Been a little quiet on the social media this week because I've been sleeping, but I will be more active again. Until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it.